Welcome to Think Again with L. Nathan Hare, sponsored by the Community Action Organization of Erie County. If you would like to participate on today's program, call now, 803-1520. That's 803-1520. Now we're here. (laughs) Welcome to Think Again. Our new topical discussion program is sponsored by the Community Action Organization of Western New York, still fighting the war on poverty, now in our 55th year. Excuse me. (laughs) Each week we talk to you about issues, events, and trends affecting you right here and right now in Buffalo and the Western New York community, and in fact, all across the country. I'm your host, L. Nathan Hare, President CEO of the Community Action Organization. Make us a part of your Saturday every Saturday at ESPN 1520 AM on your dial from 11 o'clock to 12 noon each week. Now, today's program is live, so you can call in. You can join our discussion. I hope that you will. Our number here again is 803-1520. That's 803-1520. You won't believe this, but Donald Trump claims that he's the victim of the COVID-19 pandemic. Yep. I took this from an article written by Ashley Parker and uh, Philip Rucker uh, and Josh Dossie. The article is titled Trump the Victim, Uh, President Complains in Private About uh, the Pandemic Hurting Himself. This is in the Washington Post uh, on Friday. The president rants about the deadly coronavirus destroying the greatest economy, the one that he claims he personally built. And I love it when people run this. I do many radio programs over the course of the week, and I hear this from people in, in audiences all the time. Well, what about the economy? Why doesn't Trump get credit for the economy? A, the economy was already expanding uh, at virtually the same rate that it's expanding right now, or or was expanding in uh, January and February of this year. It was already expanding uh, under the Obama administration. President Trump received an expanding economy. He received an economy that had uh, average over 223,000 new jobs a month over the course of the previous 78 months. The economy just kept doing what it was already doing. When you ask what did President Trump actually do that he could claim stimulated the economy, that built the economy he says he built, the first thing he says is the tax cut. But the tax cut was passed on January or December 31 of 2017. Trump became president in January of 2017. The tax cut could not have been the uh, uh, the reason why the economy kept expanding over the course of 2017 when the tax cut hadn't even been passed. It takes a while for tax cuts to begin to have an impact. So that would be the middle of 2018. So the first 18 months of Trump's administration, that growth in the economy had nothing to do with the tax cut. Just saying. But let me get back to the the, the pandemic thing. Uh, because uh, well, well, he also talks about deregulation as how the economy got uh, going the way that it is. But it took a long time to get those uh, 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 new rules established. What he basically did was he told his department heads not to enforce regulation that already existed. And I don't know what impact that had on the economy. It's hard to measure that. Uh, But that's really stretching to claim that that was the basis for how come the economy has expanded the way that it has. But going back to the coronavirus thing, Trump claims that it was unfair fake news media uh, that 
never gives him credit for anything. He be, he bemoans the sick, uh, twisted uh, police officers in Minneapolis who killing an unarmed black man in their custody provoked a nationwide racial justice protest uh, and that he gets blamed for it. So at the end of the day, the president cast himself in the starring role of the blameless victim uh, of a deadly pandemic, a stalled economy, and a deep-seated racial unrest, all of which happened to him rather than to the country. The stalled economy issue, I want to just visit with that just one quick more time. Between March 13th and March 23rd of this year, the president claiming he was following the direction or the, or the advice of the Center for Disease Control and uh, Prevention, he uh, uh, essentially um, ordered the governors uh, across the country to shut down the economy. Now, he didn't have the authority to do that on his own, but the governors went along with his direction and began to shelter, have people shelter in place, you know, as if we were under a snow emergency. So, you know, to shelter in place. The reality is that that was done over a 10-day period. Now, when he decided six minutes later that, oops, that was a mistake, you know, people are getting mad at me because they can't, you know, run around naked at the Ozark of the uh, Arkansas, you know, and just carry on without masks and act as if there's no coronavirus going on. So when people got mad, you know, about uh, not being able to, I uh, have the commercial enterprises, the open uh, 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 society that they wanted to see. Trump, within six minutes after first asking the uh, governors to enforce this shutdown, then began to campaign against the shutdown that he himself uh, directed uh, take place. The interesting thing uh, about that is you did that in a 10-day period and something like 40 to 48 million jobs no longer were being worked by people. People either got furloughed with pay or they got furloughed with no pay. People had to, um, were laid off. People applied for unemployment uh, and so on. Uh, but when Trump decided to reopen the economy, that began at the, I think, the end of the third week uh, of April, maybe the beginning of the fourth week of April of this year, began to open the economy. We've had two months to reopen the economy and we've still only seen about 8 million of those jobs that were not being worked, uh, being restored, people going back uh, to those jobs. Why does Trump get credit for the 8 million jobs that have resurrected over the past two months as if that's something that he did, but doesn't be, but is not charged with the fact that 40 to 48 million jobs were lost in the economy because of his direction? That's the stuff that just really, you know, it just gains, it's like grist in the mill. So uh, then you've got the uh, Supreme Court rejecting uh, Trump's claim of absolute immunity and Judge uh, Chief Justice John Roberts getting credit for uh, being a balanced court and not being the uh, surrogates of the Republican Party. Trump claims that it was prosecutorial misconduct. It was a political witch hunt. It was not fair to his pregnant uh, presidency and that the courts uh, in the past have given broad deference to the president. Then he says in capital letters, but not me, not for me. Just be bizarre. Uh, Even on the, the, the Judge Roberts thing, 
you know, they try to claim as if this was some big vic- victory that uh, it, it affirmed Trump's uh, or, or Congress's right to subpoena records uh, and people to testify before uh, Congress. But in the same decision, Judge Roberts said that all the specious reasons that Trump comes up with for why I'm I, I'm not going to honor uh, this subpoena uh, or this document request at all, that those things can still go forward. He can still do that. You know, he and he can do it for any reason he wants to do it. But he's just simply saying that uh, globally, Congress has the right to subpoena, but that president has the right to to frustrate the subpoenas by tying everything up in court, doing exactly what he's doing right now, which is running out the clock. Trump's sense of victimhood strikes even some allies, as particularly incongruous, considering the devastation wrought by the pandemic and the pain and anguish apparent in the Black Lives Matter protest. More than 135,000 Americans have died uh, of the novel coronavirus. We had 70 plus thousand people get infected in the last day. We have more than 3.1 million people who've been infected by this uh, virus. We had nearly 40 million Americans, more than a quarter of the labor force, uh, having uh, filed for unemployment benefits. And of course, the nation is divided, not just by protests following the death of George Floyd, but by a president who has deliberately stroked or, or stoked racial animus. One of Trump's supporters claims that uh, under the leadership of President Trump, uh, our uh, transition to greatness, they call it, has begun, has already begun. And the American people are showing tremendous courage to defeat the virus, responsibly open the economy and restore law and order uh, in our streets. That's the virus, by the way, that is now infecting 70,000 people a day. When it was infecting 35,000 people a day, we shut down the entire economy of the United States. Now it is infecting twice as many people per day. And this is supposed to be the transition to greatness and leadership. Now, a, a, a former communication director in the Obama White House, Jen Pazaski, uh, she said, leadership, as we've seen at many moments, and I'm going to break right here, uh, at many moments in history is about not only accepting adulation, when you do something great, but also accepting responsibility. The lack of accepting responsibility is seen as a lack of leadership and doesn't sit well with people. Trump can't help himself, though. Shell-shocked and sullen about his declining fortunes, he's still whining, we had the greatest economy in the world before the coronavirus. Well, you had the greatest challenge that you've had in many decades, and you have not stepped up to the challenge. That's the test of leadership. Let me get, uh, uh, help me, John. Is it John? Yep. Let me get John on first, then we'll get Tony, then we'll get Paul. John, how are you doing out there? Good, Nathan. Uh, listen, I, you know, I've had friends that have mentioned about the stock market and Trump and about his, all of Trump's, uh, uh, you know, what he says about the market. And I, so I did some research. And uh, as far as uh, his comparison with uh, Obama, Obama increased the market by about 9% mm-hmm. over his term of office. Trump, uh, before the collapse, before his, the market collapsed, his was uh, increased by 6%. Mm-hmm. So Obama's market was better than, than Trump's. And I also did a little more research, and uh, the uh, stock market historically has done better under Democratic presidents than Republican presidents. Isn't that interesting? <laughs> yes. 
So you can you can check you know anybody can check that out if they'd like. There's a lot of circumstances that go into that too. Sure. You can't just say it was the president. You know, anyway that that caused the market to go up or down. But I mean the market has been over overplayed anyway because 85 percent of it is in the hands of the top 10 percent. So that leaves 15 percent of the market for the rest of us, and we can't even get into the, our 401ks until we retire. So I mean and, like and, and it, I want to also help people to understand John on that point. When the Obama administration was trying to pull us out of this great recession, the worst recession since the 1929 Great Depression, when he did that, he lowered the cost of borrowing as a way to stimulate the economy. So instead of the Federal Reserve charging you 3%, 3.5%, 4% to borrow money from the Federal Reserve, which you know that those interest rates then cascade through the economy, he got that down to like 1% or 1.5%. Well, what happened is the country got used to that. Well, I shouldn't say got used to it. Businesses basically, you know, uh, supported elected officials who would continue to push to have interest rates kept that low. So as a consequence, if you were an older person, 65, 70 years old, you were generally living off of your interest earnings on your retirement savings. But if interest rates fall to 1%, 1 1.5%, that you're getting as your interest return on your uh, uh, debt-based investments, you can't live on that. I mean, you could have a million dollars worth of uh, investment and only have ten thousand dollars in income, you know, on interest earnings on that uh, uh, one million dollar investment. So people were right. forced to go into the stock market to be able to get something that is a reasonable return. But of course, right. you you suffer. So when the stock market, you know, crashes. You crash when the stock market right, gets right. better. Listen, you get better. Yeah, listen, though, I, I did want to mention this. The reason I called was on something else. Mm-hmm. Netflix has a series called Dirty Money. And in that series, they have a, a thing on Trump and on Jared Kushner. The, uh, the uh, uh, document, it's a documentary. I heard about that, Trump, yeah. Uh, the Continents Man is the one on Trump. And what it tells you is it's amazing some of the things in here, how how he lies about how he got started, that he that he had to borrow a million dollars from his daddy when his daddy gave him tons of, of money. Uh, it, he's a terrible businessman. He went through six bankruptcies. He didn't pay his subcontractors. This is what all, all in this documentary. Mm-hmm. He doesn't own most of the buildings with his name on it. What, what he does is he puts his name on these buildings. He, he sells his name, but he doesn't own the buildings, not, not right. that many. Right. He's a exactly. minor real estate developer. Yep. And he was and a terrible businessman. He, uh, 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 banks would not lend him any more money after his bankruptcies in the he, United States. He broke well, casinos. He had, <laughs> he had to look elsewhere for the money. Right. So what he did was he made a connection with the mob and this guy named Seder, a Russian. Mm-hmm. And Seder, Seder was with the mob, the Russian, the Russian mob, and he brought a, 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 a Russian billionaire into the uh, into uh, uh, the circle. Trump, yeah. Into Trump, and then. And then Trump, he's the one that saved Trump because yep. Trump was going to. I mean, he, he, he the American businesses wanted nothing to do with him. So the the U.S. bank uh, would not lend him the money, so so that the Russians did, and that's that's his connection to Putin. They went the to Russians. Deutsche Bank, and I guarantee you, if they ever get the records out, you'll find out that there are some Russians that have actually co-signed some of the loans that, uh, if not all of the loans that Trump got through the Deutsche Bank. Uh, 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 a lending operation and that that's why Donald Trump is so soft on Vladimir Putin and these Russian oligarchs. Right. And also the the one on Kushner, 
he was a, he's a slumlord and a very bad businessman, and he was in the bankruptcy too. And uh, because of that big building he built or he bought for six 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 whatever avenue that was, spent one and a half billion dollars on this building. Right. Well, he he was he was really in trouble, and uh, he used all these devious practices to buy these slums these slums, and uh, actually they were against the law. And uh, he needed money, too. So he went to the Saudis and the Russians for the money. That's the connection between these two. All right, John, we got to take a break. Let's take our first break. Yep. And then because uh, we have three callers hanging on. John, I appreciate your, your comments. We'll get back to you again next week. If you all stick with us, we will send us out of the break here at Think Again. Think Again. Would you like to increase your home's value? Do you want to lower your energy bills? Are you in need of affordable financing for your next home improvement project? The CAO Home Improvement Resource Program can help. Just come to one of their monthly HIRP orientation sessions every first and third Wednesday of the month at 2 convenient locations. HIRP staff will help identify the resources you need to get financed and they'll even help you with completing your application. Now you won't know what you qualify for until you call. 332-3773. That's 332-3773. Learn about all the home improvement programs you may be eligible for and ask about the affordable financing program that can help turn your house into your dream home. Call 332-3773 for more info. It's the Home Improvement Resource Program, restoring value to neighborhoods across Erie County, one house at a time. Brought to you by the Community Action Organization of Erie County. At Sprint, we understand saving money for your family is now more important than ever. That's why we're offering our best unlimited deal. Switch and get four lines of unlimited for just $100 a month. That's right, four lines for 100 bucks. Plus, the plan includes Hulu, 500 megabytes of mobile hotspot, DVD quality streaming, and more. If that's not enough, we're throwing in four Samsung Galaxy phones on us. And now, Sprint customers enjoy access to expanded coverage on the T-Mobile network. Shop from the comfort of your home at Sprint.com, call 800-SPRINT-1, or come see us in our stores. Phone after 3542 per month credit for 18 months credit. Apply within two bills. If canceled early, remaining balance due. Unlimited basic after 73121. Pay $35 per month per line with auto pay. Data deprioritization during congestion. Coverage and offer not available everywhere. Excludes taxes, fees, and roaming. Speed maximums. Use rules. $30 activation fee and restrictions apply. All day, every day. This is Buffalo's home for ESPN Radio. 50,000 watt ESPN 1520. Yeah, there you go, those curtains. <laughs> All right, summer breeze. I love it, but we, we need a summer breeze for this week. This has been the warmest week I can remember in a long, long time, if not my entire life. <laughs> uh, we got Tony and Clarence. Tony, how are you doing out there? Well, let me just start off by saying that we have a third world government in Washington, D.C. Mm. We have a government that has the obliteration of the rule of law. We, the rule of law no longer exists. Mr. Barr, the Attorney General, is the president's, is the president's bouncer. Mm -hmm. He's the president's bouncer. 
Last night, he took the Southern District of New York out of the picture yep. to cover up all of this. We, he hit the trifecta last night. He's taken the, all of the, uh, the districts of New York, uh, Southern D.C., he's taken D.C., Southern District, and the Eastern District. He's taken yep. all three. Yep. And why? Because the cases were involving Trump. Yep. Okay. I heard last night a prominent person in law that said that to prevent Trump from ever again being part of a government anywhere, that he should be impeached even after he goes out of office. <laughs> he should be impeached. Here's something for you. San Quentin Prison. I guess it's in California. Were they just how many... How many thousand? Was it 1,200 or 1,500? No, 1,600. 1,600. 1,600 COVID cases in that prison. Mm, mm, mm. And one of the prisoners wrote that he is afraid of being killed by the virus, and he's trying to get a case before the court to release him. Mm. Last night. Why do you think that Stone was given a, uh, was not, what do you call it? He was, his sentence was commuted. Why Stone, was Stone, commuted? Told, Stone told a reporter that uh, he could have given information that would have incriminated Donald Trump. And because he didn't roll over, that's why he earned his uh, uh, commutation of his sentence. That's what he told a reporter. That's not what I'm concluding. That's what he said. Yeah, and guess what? Now that Stone is a free man, he can go and work on the campaign of Trump again and work mm-hmm. with WikiLeaks. <laughs> he can work with WikiLeaks. Yep. Yep. Remember the guy named Jeffrey Epstein? Yep. That the president said is a nice guy, but I don't know him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, guess what? The most prominent forensic uh, person in this country is Dr. Michael Bodden. Mm-hmm. And he examined the body uh, for the family. His conclusion is that Jeffrey Epstein was strangled to death in his cell. Wow. Because, of, because there is a certain pattern of bone breakage that occurs if you try. There was no way that Jeffrey Epstein could have hung himself. How could he hang himself? Well, that part well, we right. know can't, that can't be true. The, the, the way that Epstein, those cells are set up, you just couldn't do that, right? No, Epstein was strangled with that. Why was he strangled with that? Because he knew about the, remember the prince in, in the English family? Right. That, that, that worked, that, that took advantage of young girls? He was part of that. Who else was part of this? Trump. Why, why would they put him in a, in a cell with an ex-cop that weighed 240 pounds that had committed four I'm murders? surprised he was put into a cell with anybody, given he the was, notoriety of Epstein's case. You would yeah. think he would have been in isolation by himself. Well, I saw the pictures last night, and they showed all of the, of the bedding and linens that they gave him extra. Someone sprang, Dr. Baden has 
done 20-some-odd thousand cases, autopsies. Guess what Dr. Biden's biggest case was? O.J. Simpson. Wow. Yeah. And Dr. Cheryl Luck was also part of this, and he said there was no way that this man could have killed himself. And a psychologist who examined Jeffrey Epstein the day before said he was was uh, optimistic about the case with his lawyer. His yeah. lawyer said he was killed to shut him up. All right, Tony. Appreciate you, man. I got to get a few more calls in this, this, this time second, but great, great information. Let me get Paul in Buffalo, and then we'll grab Jim in Lockport. Paul, how are you doing out there? Hey, Nathan. Good. How are you? I'm doing great. Good to hear from you. Yeah, it's good to be on. Um, you know, Trump went to Florida, was it yesterday? Mm-hmm. And you would think that with the problems they have out there, that the coronavirus would be the main thing that you would deal with. But that was not <laughs> even on his agenda. Especially when Florida, they've had... The, 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 I think the 7,000 new infections they had yesterday were twice as many as the worst infections that they had had in the first two weeks of March. Just beyond belief. I guess, I guess the thing with this, it's, um, it's, normal, it's normalized now. And any, like when the kids go back to school, any, anybody that might die, you know, well, it's like collateral damage, I guess, mm. you know. Because Betsy DeVos, she, uh, you know, I mean, I just uh, cannot believe she didn't say anything about safety. She just said it's important that, you know, that these kids go back to school. Because she looks at it from a macroeconomic perspective. If you don't have the schools open, then the parents of those kids who needed the schools to be open to be the daycare while they're they're at work you would restrict those people's ability to be able to to go to work. They can't afford to spend $200 per child a week on uh, on daycare. So public schools are the, 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 the essentially the daycare, the public daycare for, for, for those children. So I understand where Bet- Betsy DeVos is coming from, but it's, a, it's sort of like being penny wise and pound foolish. Yeah, you may open up you know, the schools and people could start back to work, but if you end up with 8,000, you know, uh, 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 people a day getting sick and dying, you know, is that worth it? That's really what the issue is. Yeah, and if that happens, the states that are in this part of, you know, the Northeast, I mean, they can't be protected if so many people have this virus. I mean, it's going to spread. If did, you, did you see the map that showed you the states or, uh, that, that are still growing, having increases every day in uh, infections versus those that aren't? There were like 38 states that are, that, that are showing increased infections. And if you look at New York State, it's also becoming isolated that we're the only state in our area that doesn't have an increase in infections going on. Uh, well, yeah, that's and because the governor did a, you know, and every people were really ticked off at the governor because of they they said he's, uh, you know, got too much control or whatever. But that's what saved us, and the federal response was just nothing. I mean, that's the reason this whole thing happened in the first place. Right, right. That's the core. That's the right point right there. Is uh, our federal government has really just dropped the ball 
because I, I don't even know if he understood what the ball was that was in his hands. He didn't know how to react to it. He thought that this would just go away the same way. He thought swine flu went away, H1N1 went away, bird flu went away, you know, and so on. I think he thought it would it would fall like or, or decline like the regular flu does. Well, but it doesn't work that way. Bag. Right. No. And, you know, one other ironic point that I just thought of, you know, he so wants the schools to open and everything, but education was never important to him when he was, you know, no, and no, he, he paid somebody to take his SATs. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right. All right, Paul. Thanks, man. We'll talk to you soon. Let me grab Jim in Lockport. Jim, how are you doing out there? Hey, good. How are you, Nathan? I'm doing fine for a very, it's not as bad as it was. You know, this has been a tough week on heat. If, if, if yeah. you like heat, it was great, but this was a tough week yeah. on heat. I had some questions about your show. Uh, we used to have a show in Lockport here on WLVL, 1340, mm -hmm. and it was called Niagara Talks, and it gave the people in the community a chance to to voice their opinions and uh, get their gripes off. And uh, I'm wondering, uh, have you ever thought about expanding your show to two hours or maybe having it uh, one hour during the week? Uh, like from Monday through Friday, is, is that becoming an option? Because I think there's a lot of people that like to call in. I, I agree. We've we've talked about that, but of course you got to pay for the show, so I, I have to get sponsors that would uh, to, to do that. And then of course the station already has uh, hours occupied by other shows, so they'd have to be moving somebody else around in order for us to expand our format. But I agree with you. This is something that we need to try to create more space for, even if it's not me, if it's somebody else. But we need to create more of these spaces yeah. for these community conversations. It's so important. And uh, another thing, I think the, your regular callers, I know you rely on it, but I think if, if they took a week off <laughs> and let some other people call in, I, you I think... just got to call could, early. That's all. <laughs> yeah, you, you could get some uh, different opinions and different... Uh, different voices out there and and these some of your callers uh were on the the uh lockport show uh very frequently too and uh but i mean it's good for for everyone to voice your opinions now mm -hmm. uh, i'm i'm a civil war historian i have a lot to say about the civil war but uh i'm going to save that for another time but uh i really appreciate what you're doing and i hope that uh, the station realizes that the community inputs important, and you'll uh, you'll look to expanding your show and maybe getting it on during the week too, and not just saving it for Saturday morning. But with that, I'll I'll say keep up the good work, and uh, thanks for letting me uh, call in. All right, thanks, Jim. I appreciate you. Uh, should we take? Uh, we got time. Good. Okay, let me grab Ron and Chief Dewaga. Ron, how you doing out there? Baseball's right. going to start in another uh, week and a half or whatever. Anyway. Are you missing baseball, too? I used to not miss baseball, but I'm definitely missing it right now. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, now it's going to be 60 games, and it's going to be a race to the finish. Yeah, yeah. it's going to be like football. You know, every game yeah. is going to mean is going to mean the world. You, know? yeah, you can't start. You can't do what the Yankees did in 62, start 0-11 and win the World Series. Right, exactly. Anyway, but uh, 
You know, it's just bothering me here again, though, and nobody is uh, is talking about it. I mentioned this before. Greg Palace has a new book coming out on the 14th of July called How Trump Stole 2020, and he talks about voter suppression and the way the courts, the court decisions have come down across the states as well as the federal government. And I, I still don't understand why the Democrats are not really talking about this. Yep. This is something you got to watch. You know, these polls don't mean anything. If he was a, one of them's got him 12 points ahead nationally and five and six points ahead in each of those uh, battleground states. But this is not going to matter if people's votes aren't counted. There you go. Nobody, I recommend everybody get that book. And uh, it starts, it's opened, uh, it's going to be Kindle. It's an audio book somewhere, but I don't know quite where, but it's going to be Kindle. Uh, you can get a Kindle version off Amazon. I've seen that. And, and of course, you can buy the, it's quite expensive, but you can buy the, the hard copy. Yeah, Georgetown well. University actually did a, uh, a gaming exercise. You know, they do war games. They uh -huh. did a gaming exercise on exactly the point that you just made. And they said, if you got down to a situation where Biden won 278 votes and Trump won only 260, very close election, you just need to swing 10 votes. That's right. That uh, the legislatures in a state can overturn the certification of a race that is certified by the governor. The governor could say, yep, this race is great. This is this is what happened. And the legislatures, uh, how the uh, a Senate and the Assembly could together vote to overturn what the governor says and change the result uh, of what's being certified and give those delegates uh, uh, to whoever they want to give the delegates to. This is really a dangerous situation that we're in, and clearly these people have shown that cheating is not beyond... Oh, <laughs> it's, it's the way they're going to... The, if they win, it's the way they're going to win. At this point, if this election is fair, totally fair, with no voter suppression... I can't see how Trump's going to win this, but that's the problem. There's lots of it, and the courts seem to not say, you know, you. Know, it still bothers me that Roberts made that decision back uh, with the gerrymandering uh, uh, decision in, right. was it? I can't remember, one of them, Texas, I think it was, mm -hmm. or Louisiana. He, he says that we don't have a standing now. It's right. up to the state courts. He we didn't even, even decide the case. Anymore. Right. He didn't even decide the case. He decided whether or not the people bringing the case had standing before the court. So if you right. were just just a Congress, but you were not a person who lived in that particular state and you were not directly uh, going to be impacted by the by the uh, decision, then you didn't have standing in that case. Where does that come from? How can you be a congressperson and not have a standing in a national election? Why not? It's a federal legislative body. I mean, it's silly. If, if, if the guy is in New York, can't bring a case to make sure that the guys in Virginia or Texas don't steal all the, the votes, then, then what good is it having Listen, a federal government? Don't this get hustled by this. Yeah, yeah, don't get hustled by this John Roberts. He's a very cunning guy. Yes. You know, so he paints this picture that. You know, I affirmed that the uh, Congress has the right to subpoena records of the president and make people come and testify. He said that. But then he also said, but the president has the right to appeal on any grounds he wants to appeal on. So what well, does yeah, Trump just, do? That's just a cover. Like, Long <laughs> story short, he's the guy that wrote McCutcheon and Citizens United. And those are the two ones that have turned what was already a rickety kind of uh, influence pedal political system into into basically you know the ex the senator from Exxon Mobil or the congressman from I don't know uh, uh, General Dynamics. I mean mm -hmm. he's the guy that so yeah don't don't be led astray that he's going to be this big moderate judge uh, uh, Kennedy uh, Anthony Kennedy type judge now on the real key issues again so we're not going to be able to find out. 
uh, we're not going to, if we ever see these taxes, we're not going to be able, you know, that's why, where does Biden, Biden is such a terrible campaigner, that scares me. If I was him, I would, there's all these books that have been written, and I would taunt him into it. I would say, uh, in 1993, a book was written, I can't remember the guy's name, claiming your, you had links, your construction, your real estate industry had to the construction group owned by Tony, Fat Tony Salerno, the mm-hmm. mob. Yeah, mm-hmm. We also have other written that Paul Johnston, who wrote a book, uh, said that you're, you can't get a real uh, large loans from any reputable banks, so you're, you've got uh, all these oligarchical groups and Eastern European and Chinese banks that are letting you... Prove me wrong, Mr. Trump. Release your taxes. Don't hide anything. He, where's he going to be doing that? Democrats are always soft. They, they're always trying to be polite for what reasons yep. I can't imagine, because <laughs> Republicans are never polite to the oh, uh, to the Democrats, right? Well, it's, it's like the media that you know the so-called liberal media that the, the non-Fox, non-right wing, they're under attack continually by Fox and by the, all those right wing jocks on, on on talk radio. Yep. And you ever hear any of them like try to refute it? Limbaugh was always a drive-by media, and he'll say, NBC Today said this and this, and that's wrong, and CBS said that and that, and that's wrong. I've never heard anybody counter that. It almost leads people who are not real sophisticated to believe that, well, Limbaugh says uh, the NBC is full of BS, uh, and they're not countering it. Well, he must yep. be right. Right. That's exactly the case. You know, so, Ron, we got to run. we got to get another heartbreak in here, so let's, let's uh, move along. Uh, we're going to take our last break and then we'll get back into our subject. You'll stick with us. We will see you on the side of the break here at Think Again. Think again. Would you like to increase your home's value? Do you want to lower your energy bills? Are you in need of affordable financing for your next home improvement project? The CAO Home Improvement Resource Program can help. Just come to one of their monthly HIRP orientation sessions every first and third Wednesday of the month at two convenient locations. HIRP staff will help identify the resources you need to get financed and they'll even help you with completing your application. Now, you won't know what you qualify for until you call 332-3773. That's 332-3773. Learn about all the home improvement programs you may be eligible for and ask about the affordable financing program that can help turn your house into your dream home. Call 332-3773 for more info. It's the Home Improvement Resource Program, restoring value to neighborhoods across Erie County, one house at a time. Brought to you by the Community Action Organization of Erie County. Yeah, we're all busy with important things to do. But don't forget, it's also important to laugh. Laughing keeps you sane. So for your sanity's sake, check out Comedy Now on Radio.com. After college, I moved into my own apartment. It's near where my parents live. It's across the hallway. Comedy Now plays nonstop stand-up comedy from the best comedians in America. I'll tell you what place I like on the plane is that little bathroom. It's like your own little apartment on the plane. Listen to Comedy Now anytime on Radio.com, on your desktop, smart speakers, or the free Radio.com app. The National Constitution Center serves as America's leading platform for constitutional education and debate. It is central to the center's mission to convene discussions about current constitutional issues facing our nation so that people of all ages and perspectives can learn about, debate, and celebrate the greatest vision of human freedom in history, the U.S. Constitution. For the center's live programs, constitutional news, podcasts, educational resources, and online interactive constitution, visit constitutioncenter.org. All day, every day. This is Buffalo's home for ESPN Radio. 
50,000 Watt, ESPN 1520. Hot town, summer in the city, back of my neck getting dirt and gritty. Then down, isn't it a pity? Doesn't seem to be a shadow in the city. All around, people looking half dead, walking on the sidewalk, harder than a match So listen, uh, I wanted to hit something. I wanted to grab Kevin in just a, a second, but I just needed to to lay something on you. This uh, uh, niece of President Trump, uh, her name is Mary uh, L. Trump. She's a Ph.D. clinical psychologist. So you got to figure she knows a little bit about what she observes in people's. Oh, and she, I'm pretty confident she took her own SATs. Uh, but she says that. Trump offers some embarrassing in her book, Too Much and uh, and Never Enough, How My Family Created the World's Most Dangerous Man. She states in here that Trump does offer some, Mrs. Trump, Miss, Miss Trump uh, does offer some embarrassing, even silly stories about growing up Trump. And she states that for one, Donald Trump paid a friend to take the SATs for him. Now, I'm not in a position to know whether he did that or not, but that sort of sounds like Donald Trump to me, right? She says that for all their riches, <laughs> Trump and his family or, and his wives skimped on Christmas presents, regifting old food baskets and used used design, designer handbags. Who who does that? <laughs> right? He says, Mary Marianne, a former appeals court judge, that's Trump's sister. Describe her younger brother, Donald, as a clown with no principles. That's his sister talking about him, right? And then Mary Trump also recalls an instance where visiting this, you're not going to, well, you might believe this. She says she was visiting Mar-a-Lago. She, do, she joined Donald and his then wife, Marla, for an outdoor lunch following a swim. She was wearing her bathing suit and a pair of shorts. As she approached, Donald Trump cocked and said, holy SW whatever word, uh, you're stacked. (laughs) Trump was passing judgment out loud on the size of his 29-year-old niece's breast in the presence of his wife. (laughs) And they say this may rank as one of the least surprising reveals about Donald Trump in 2020. Just thought we'd throw that out there. It had nothing to do with Kevin. I just wanted to get that out there. Let me get Kevin on real quick. Kevin, how are you doing out there? Stop, sorry for, for laughing. I just thought this was so so comical. I mean, it is. It is funny. I mean, you know. <laughs> I mean, don't you, don't you think this is just crazy? And, and it sounds so much like Donald Trump. It just... <laughs> That 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 is hilarious, and you know what too? Yeah, it's. Uh, I want to hear. I want to hear. You know, my 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 uh, counterparts out here. Um, you know, counter that. But, uh, right. but anyway, and, and I'm it. not taking any responsibility for what 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 she said was true or not true. It just sounds true. <laughs> <All right. Okay. laughs> hey, uh, I ask you a question, you need. Um, um, Within the, 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 the board of elections, I just see that uh, I think McMurray might 
have you been following the the the, the, the balance recount there? Because he's I've been following it. it generally, and it looks like uh, yeah, I think he may do it. I think he, he, might he's, do it. he's moving closer and closer to uh, Chris Jacobs, and uh, now he's within hunting distance. I don't know if he's close enough, but he seems to be in hunting distance. And don't yeah, they have like it. another seventeen or so thousand votes still to uh, to yeah, count uh, for that yeah. for that uh, District Twenty Seven race? Yeah, I think the, the last thing was like about uh, uh, like, like 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 tens of thousands still um, of, um, of of absentee ballots. Oh, there's tens of thousands. And okay. Ballots. Yeah. So yeah. So I think uh, yeah. I think he may. He may. I think he may pull it off. I think he may. <laughs> well, I tell you, Kevin, if that turns out to be the case, I guarantee you. Chris Jacobs is going to go to his attorneys and say there's something wrong with how they counted these ballots. We're going to have to mm-hmm. recount them again, and they're going to find some way to say that 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 uh, Nate didn't win the race, that Chris won. The, this is going to be, this well, is not going know, to be over know. easily. I promise you that. <laughs> you know you're doing something right. Attorneys are brought into the picture, um, like like the libertarian guy when he. Um, he did everything. He got all his signatures, everything, even though some people might say, well, there's only yeah, a handful of them that can fit in a phone booth, you know, in the Libertarian Party. Oh, the Libertarians, right, yeah. yeah. But the fact is, he did everything right, okay? And yet, and yet, combined with their Democrat counterparts, right, they, they found every way under the sun to try to get the guy off the bat. And if you see that doing stuff like that, you know you're doing something right. Yep. That's why I always said, Nate, you need that third entity there on the Board of Elections so who has everything relating to, to, to getting the right people and right representatives to represent us. We'll never get that opportunity if we continue to let that duopoly take place. So you let know? me ask you another question while I got you, Kevin. Mm-hmm. I get really muffled trying to understand why President Trump refuses to allow people to see his tax returns when every, not just every president, every presidential candidate mm-hmm. since, since the Nixon administration has made at least two years, some as many, I think Mrs. Clinton made 20 years worth of her uh, tax returns available to the public. Not so much because there's a law that requires you to do it, but because being transparent like that helps people to know whether or not you're in somebody's pocket or whether you're a person who's standing on your own. And so mm-hmm. President Trump has a uh, at least the image that you get from the public record that he isn't standing on his own, that his father staked him you know, for most of his business initiatives. He probably spent something like $400 million on this guy, you know, keeping him from going uh, completely belly up. He still defaulted on many loans, couldn't get a loan from a bank in the United States by the time we got to 2003, 2004. He had six bankruptcies, you know, that he had. He had to go to Deutsche Bank in, I think, Germany and uh, or Switzerland mm-hmm. or someplace and yeah, said the, the Germany. Ger- in Germany. And uh, please, would you give me a loan? And they said, nope, you got to talk to these Russian oligarchs over here. <laughs> I don't know if that's the way it went, but I know these Russian oligarchs seem to have some relationship between uh, Trump and Deutsche Bank. And it may be that when all is said and done, we may find that uh, one or more of these Russian oligarchs actually co-signed one or more of the loans that were made by the Deutsche Bank to the Trump uh, enterprises. 
So why would Trump, if he's such a great businessman and everybody's supposed to believe it, the reason why you want this guy to be your presence because the great things he did for business, he would do for you. Although I don't think I'd want to have the United States go bankrupt six times uh, and do that on, on our behalf. But the, people seem to think that his business acumen uh, justifies why he should be the president of the United States. If that's the case, why, don't, why is he unwilling to let people see you know, his business acumen. Why, why wouldn't he want us to be able to see uh, uh, those records? Why wouldn't he be, you know, transparent about something like that? And why is he not being asked to be transparent, by, you know, about something like that? that I guess that's, and, that's my question. But that's, well, it, it's quite obvious that there's something there he doesn't want people to see. And uh, wow, you, you know, said the exact same words that yeah. Matt said. Matt said the same yeah. thing. There right? is something there that is significant <laughs> that he doesn't want people to see. You see, you got to understand... Wow. That when I, you know, yeah, 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 and you yourself paint me in that one, you know, one corner or, or put me in there, you know, I give where where you did you do good, you get the kudos for there. But I'm an equal opportunity basher just as much, regardless, <laughs> <laughs> regardless of what party you with, okay? And I tell you, I did not drink the Trump Kool Aid now, right? I did not. Uh, well, I'm, I'm glad I'm glad to hear that, Kevin. Okay, I'm really glad to hear that. I got a roll, man. I got to get one more call in. So let me grab uh, uh, Donnie in Middleport and get his thoughts. Donnie, how are you doing out there? Yeah, I'm doing good. Doing fine there. All right. Great a, to hear from you. I have a question. They're talking about opening up the schools. Yep. Yeah, I guess in September. I don't know because of the disease rate. Um, should you should they even move it back to October? Give them some breathing room. And as far as the uh, classroom size, they could also they got plenty of property around the um, school. Why can't they bring in double wide trailers? We used to have them in the '70s called portables. We used them for music class and stuff. We put some portables out there in the, uh, on the football field or wherever they got to. Well, they they did that. You know, remember when uh, the annex was uh, started over? Um, I think it's Diefendorf over at UB. This is 40, 50 years ago, uh, but mm-hmm. they put those trailers out there, and they're still there. <laughs> you know, the, the annex and they're they're still there and so on. But you know the the, the reason why um, they're 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 talking about the, the not going to October is because mm-hmm. state law requires that a child has to go X number of days to school in order to be credited for that year. The schools have to be open X number of days. So even if you have sl- snow days. I'm not sure mm-hmm. what the exact number is, but it's something like 180 days or something like that, that the schools have to be open. And so right. if you went all the way to October, you wouldn't have enough time uh, in the year to get all of the days of instruction that are required under state law uh, uh, for the public school districts. For private schools, it would be different. But for public schools, right. this is the way it would have to go. So I think that's the issue. I think that the, the way that they're going to have to go is still not going to solve the problem that I think uh, the Trump administration is trying to solve. And, and mm-hmm. you know, the Trump administration tends to be a very clumsy, ham-handed, you know, kind of administration. So they sort of see one set of people's interests, and then they do something that meets those people's interests, and they just club every, everybody else that gets rolled over by it. But oh, here, here's what they're trying to get done. You have all of these people that have school-age kids. If you go to work and you're trusting that your public school is going to be taking care of your kids from 7.30 in the morning until 4, 4.30, you know, at night, then right. you can work. 
But if you don't have that reliable, you know, uh, 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 support, you would have to buy daycare. Daycare in the United States costs you about $200 per child per week. Who in the world can afford to be able to do something like that? Um, you know, I mean, most people just can't afford to do it. So that's what Trump is trying to do is to, is to, is to release the workforce by making sure that they're not trapped by their kids not being able to go to school. But the flip side of that is we're in a pandemic pandemic. We, 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 if it was a pandemic when it was 35,000 people getting infected a day, what's mm-hmm. the word that you give for 70,000 people being uh, 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 infected per day today? So if we're in that kind of situation, if you go back to school, you're going to have lots of kids that are going to get infected. Now, I realize that, you know, it appears that uh, kids that are between the ages of five and maybe uh, uh, 15, 16 years old don't seem to get a lot of, uh, of hurt from getting infected. They seem to be able to ride through the infection. But that doesn't stop the fact that they got infected, which means they can transfer their infection to other people. So if you end up with, I don't know how many school kids we have, something like 16 million you know, school-age kids we have in this country, if you end up with 10% of them, 1.6 million of them getting infected, then they live in households where there are three or four or five people in their households you're going to have one, two, three, or four people in their households getting infected. So you could easily be up to six, seven, eight, nine million people getting infected in a very quick period from September 1 to September 10th. And then Lord knows what the consequences of that is going to be because all of those infected people will infect other people. And it's just going to get worse and worse. So I understand where Trump's administration is coming in terms of what they're trying to accomplish. They want to be able to release the workforce to go back to work. I completely get that. I just don't think that the way that they're approaching it is creative enough. They're not trying, they're not working hard enough to figure out a way that this can be done that doesn't cause more harm than, than hurt. I do. They're trying to wish it away. That's exactly what he said. He said, "This is it'll go away." I think he, didn't he? He raised, he waved his hand. Right? He said, "This, this will just go away." You know? What kind of? How do you get credit for being the chief executive officer of a country? And your science is it, it, it'll it'll just go away. That that's your science. Right? So, any other thoughts there? No more. I'm good, man. All right. Thanks, man. So uh, before we get off the air, I think we got about four minutes to, to, to roll. I wanted to talk a little bit about this Roger Stone thing, because this, again, encapsulates what kind of president we have, the values of the person that we have hired as our president. I'm looking at an article written by John Wagner and Rachel Weiner uh, that Trump says, He's looking at pardoning Roger Stone ahead of prison term. Now, I wrote this before I found out late last night. This had to be around uh, 8 o'clock, 8.30 last night on MSNBC when I discovered that he wasn't thinking about part, uh, 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 pardoning uh, Roger Stone. He actually commuted Roger Stone's sentence uh, last night. Trump was asked about the prospect of issuing a pardon uh, to Stone who was convicted in a trial last year of lying to Congress and witness tampering, which I thought were pretty serious offenses. Trump said that he thought that Roger Stone had been treated unfairly, as were many people. 
Stone was sentenced to three years and four months. He was originally sentenced to nine years. But William Barr and Donald Trump, you know, they used their muscle and they got the sentence knocked down to three years and four months for making false statements about his attempts to get details from Hillary Clinton's private emails from the anti-secrecy group WikiLeaks and then intimidating a friend who could contradict his story. So when I came across this article and then found out that the pardon got turned into a a, a commuting of the sentence, and this has already been done, it says something about Donald Trump. You've seen that the... uh, um, uh, district attorney for the Southern District Office uh, of, uh, uh, of the federal courts, the uh, Eastern District Office of the federal courts, the D.C. Office of the federal courts. You see that these uh, administrations uh, have had their um, their, their uh, uh, U.S. attorney. You've had have had them knocked out of their jobs with a special whatever you call it, uh, uh, attorneys knocked out of their jobs. These were people that were prosecuting cases that involved uh, cases that came up during the Mueller investigation and other cases that involved the Epstein case, other cases that involve people that are close to Donald Trump. And Donald Trump has absolutely no compulsion about using the power of his office openly to frustrate the um, uh, 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 the will of the people, the express will of the people. And so this is something that we're going to have to work uh, uh, work around. When um, we talk about this idea about the courts being balanced, the courts are not being balanced because John Roberts, you know, did something that didn't seem to be in the explicit interest of the most uh, conservative people uh, on the uh, or, or, or in the Republican Party. That's not what really went on. What what really went on is John Roberts found a way to make himself look like he's doing something that he's not actually doing. Uh, and I think that this is um, th- this is something that that I'm, I'm, I'm looking for something here. Um, this is something that we're going to uh, uh, we're going to regret uh, over the course of the next uh, the next few years. Oh, here it is. This is the uh, the Robert. Roberts Court completes its its Trump co- cover up since uh, Trump announced his candidacy for president in 2015. Uh, he has vowed to release his tax returns, uh, but Democrats in the House sought to subpoena financial institutions for Trump's records. And the Manhattan District Attorney Cy uh, Vance sought Trump's financial records for a grand jury investigation into whether Trump broke the law. The point I'm making here is that. Uh, Although the Roberts court said it was uh, uh, appropriate and it was legal uh, and it was the right of of Congress to be able to subpoena records, the Roberts court also made it possible for the Trump administration to string the uh, 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 Congress out for a very long period of time so that uh, every two years you have a new Congress. And because you have a new Congress, you have to start this process all over again. That's what really has been done by the Roberts court. I'll get into this in another uh, uh, session uh, in future talks, but I appreciate you all spending some time and talking with us. Look forward to talking to you all next week here at Think Again. Think again. been listening to Think Again with L. Nathan Hare, sponsored by the Community Action Organization of Erie County. Be sure to tune in again next week at the same time for more Think Again.